Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Well, welcome to Vision Sunday. I so wish I could be there with you, but I'm doing well, I'm fine and I'm happy to bring this message to you today. I'm so excited for what God is going to do in our lives this year. And you know, probably three or four weeks ago, uh, Walter and Charlotte started dating. And there's a thing that we often like to do, we have to have that boundaries talk. But we don't want it to be a negative thing. God is all about relationships having healthy relationships. So we want it to be a positive thing. And so I kind of come out and make this brash statement as preachers often do. And I said to them, Belinda and I are gonna take you out for dinner. You pick the restaurant anywhere you wanna go. You can order anything from the menu. It's entirely up to you. We're here to celebrate what God is doing in your life. Anyway, it wasn't until a bit afterwards and I was kind of thinking, ah, anything you want to order, any restaurant. There are a few people in the church who can eat more than I can. And I think Walter's probably one of them. Now, now that he's a pastor himself and getting paid by the, by the church, I don't know if he was being kind to me, knowing how much I earn, or if he was on his best behavior for Charlotte, you know, one of their first ever dates. I was getting ready for my bank balance to, to take a hit. But we ended up going out, having a, a lovely meal together. It was, it was great, but it wasn't extravagant. They didn't really know any fancy places and uh, we just ate a normal amount, which was great. So it wasn't extravagant in expense or in size. But as I said that statement, anywhere you want to go, you know, any dish that you want to order, it took me back to when Belinda and I first started dating. You see, I hadn't dated at all really until I was 20. And so the only experience in, in dating that I had was what I'd seen on TV and movies. So I thought, first date, what do couples do? They, they go to the movies. So we went to the movies. I picked this Tom Hanks movie, thinking it was gonna be great. I love Tom Hanks. Uh, it was a movie called The Green Mile, and it ended up being terrible. I mean, it started off well, but then all of a sudden, these weird kind of demonic insects come into the thing and it was it was just not 
the romantic, you know, time that I had seen in other movies, not this one. So I thought, okay, have to redeem myself, have to make sure that this thing is gonna last. So I went to Belinda and I said, right, same thing as what I just said to, to Charlotte and Walter. Anywhere you want to go, pick the fanciest restaurant. I've got money. I'm, I'm a student, but I'm, I'm working part-time. I am rich beyond my wildest dreams. Pick anywhere you want to go. Pick anything from the menu. And it's yours. Well, again, just like Charlotte and Walter, they, she didn't know anywhere fancy. Uh, I didn't really know anywhere fancy at the time either. And so we had both been to the formal uh, together uh, at a place called Mount Lofty House. And that seemed fancy to me. So I booked us in there. I sat down. I said, anything you want to order. We were there for, for several hours and we had a three course meal. It was fantastic and I felt like I'd finally redeemed myself from that terrible first date by saying anywhere you want to go anything you want to order it was it was great and then the bill came and as I said I thought I was rich I, I was rich compared to myself a, a year before when I wasn't working. But when that bill came, that was richer than I was. So unfortunately, not only did I leave broke, but uh, yes, I had to ask Belinda to pay for part of the bill. Well, by the grace of God, somehow she stayed with me. Next month we celebrate 20 years together and there's been lots of lessons that we've learnt along the way. But I kind of still didn't really learn that lesson. But thankfully she did, because <laughs> just a few weeks after that, she graduated from her studies at uh, her nursing studies. And so I thought, oh, great opportunity, be the great boyfriend again, great opportunity to celebrate. So I say the same thing. Let's go and celebrate anywhere you want to go. Pick the fanciest place. I'm paying anything you want from the menu. Well, as I said, this time she had learnt, you know, I'm thinking we're going to go to the Grand, we're going to go somewhere super fancy, celebrate this, this momentous occasion. And she says, I want one plate of butter chicken and a mango lassi from the food court at Marion. 
that was it. Wasn't flash, wasn't fancy. But she chose somewhere that she knew, somewhere that was familiar, something that she knew that we would both like. And most importantly, something that was within my budget. <clears throat> so, all of that being said, Tim and Danielle, anywhere you want to go, our shout, you pick the place, any dish, let's make it happen. But whether you're in the room watching or you're watching this online, I think if I ask that of, of each of you, anywhere you want to go, any dish, we'll get lots of different responses. Because we often, I think, pick somewhere that's familiar, somewhere that we've been before, somewhere that we know is going to bring us what we what we want and somewhere that we know is going to be good not just for the person making the offer but for for us as well because the most important thing is time together so where would we meet if you and I were were meeting where would we meet for Daryl Jarvis, we might meet at the Green Valley and have a strawberry thick shake together. For, if I was meeting Grant, we might meet at Low and Slow and share a, a 12 hour smoked brisket. If I was meeting A Train, we'd probably meet at Fresca's and have Penne Carbonara together. If I was meeting with Wayne, apparently we'd meet at Woolies and have a, a barbecue chicken. If I was meeting with Scotty, we'd probably meet at Samurai's and have teppanyaki. If, uh, if I was meeting with Roger Schmidt, we'd probably meet at his kitchen table for a cup of, of hot chocolate made with real dairy milk. But we would ask based on our experience, based on what we know, the, the favour is limited or dictated to by the two people involved in the favour and their budget. But what if it was God making the offer? What if it was God who is giving the favor to you? What if he said, anywhere you want to go, anything from the menu, would you stick to something that you know, something that was safe, prayers that had been 
answered before? Or would you have the faith to let him decide for him to be able to take you somewhere maybe that you've never been before? Where would you meet Jesus if he offered you that favour? What is on the menu where God is taking us? What is his taste? What are we going to both enjoy? How are we going to make sure that we are spending time in the favour and grace of God as we meet with him, as we sit at the table with him in 2022? Well, the good thing is we are not left wandering because he has asked that question right at the very start of his ministry. He offers that favor to us right as he's commencing his ministry work right at the start of his time with the disciples. So we're going to read that account now in Luke 4, starting at verse 16. It says, Jesus went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. On the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as he usually did. He stood up to read, and the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. Jesus unrolled the scroll. He unrolled it and found the right place. There it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to announce good news to poor people. He has sent me to announce freedom for prisoners. He has sent me so that the blind will see again. He wants me to set free those who have been treated badly. He has sent me to announce the year of God's special favor. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were staring at him. And he began by saying to them, today, this passage of scripture is coming true as you listen or is being fulfilled in your presence, some versions say. So this year, we want to announce that same thing, that year of the Lord's favour, favour and grace. And with everything that's been going on in the past two years, I'm sure that there are many in this room and, and watching online where you can say, it feels as though everything has been against you. It feels as though the government is against you, that police are against you, that the medical profession is against you, that the school board is against you. Like, there's just so many things that it feels like 
is just against us. It even feels like luck is against us. But I don't believe in luck. I believe in grace. And grace, by its very definition, is always for us, is always working for us. But just like luck isn't a real thing, like we like to blame things on being lucky or unlucky, but it's not a substance, it doesn't have anything. So too, grace needs to actually be dispensed by someone. It needs to be given by someone. And so favor and grace is given by God to us. That God is actually for us. that God promises this favor to us, that he says, anywhere you want to go, anything is on the menu. This is my favor to you. But can I suggest, when you're picking from the menu, if you want to meet with me, choose grace. Grace is on the menu. Grace is available to you. It's within my budget. And the thing is, he doesn't just want to meet us when we're holy. He doesn't just want to meet us when we're perfect. He doesn't just want to meet us when we're sitting in that pew in that chair on a, on a Sunday morning. No, in that passage, it tells us where he wants to meet. He wants to meet us when we're poor, when we're captive, when we're blind, when we're oppressed, when we're lost, lonely and unloved. Now, because Maybe we've experienced the heart of God before. Maybe we've eaten at this table with, with Jesus at least once before. We know how kind and loving he is. And so when we hear that in our head, we kind of remember, oh yeah, I've had that dish once before. But I think we need a reminder to make sure it goes just from our head to our heart. And we need to understand how radical this was at the time that Jesus was, was saying it. You see, at this time, the Jewish people were oppressed. They were under Roman rule, and so they wanted vengeance. They wanted justice. 
they thought that if they were meeting God, that if God said to them, anywhere you want to meet, anything that is on the menu, they thought that God's favorite dish was judgment with a side of wrath and maybe some vengeance for dessert. They thought the only place and the only person that God actually wanted to meet with was the high priest once a year behind the veil in the most holy of holies, this kind of exclusive place that you needed to, to book out a year in advance so that you could get one seat at the, at the table with God only on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and only once that holiest person in, in all of Israel had been through all these purification rites and atoned for the sins by the blood of bulls and goats, maybe, just maybe, then God might want to meet with that one person. And yet, in this statement, Jesus is saying, today, this has been fulfilled in your presence. And I'm not just meeting with them. I'm not just, you don't have to wait a year. I'm proclaiming the year of the Lord's special favor right now for imperfect people, for people who don't have it all together, for people who, who can't, fit the bill, as it were, who don't have enough to pay for this dish of grace that I am offering for all of these broken, hurting, imperfect people. That a holy, loving, righteous God would want to meet with you today, right now. But to really drive the point home, <clears throat> Jesus actually stopped mid-sentence because he knew what they thought was on the menu. He knew what, what we thought God's nature and character was. And so if we were to keep reading, if he was to keep reading in that passage that he was quoting from, from Isaiah 61, the end of the sentence says this, if we read the first part of the sentence in verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the, of the Lord, the year of his favor, and the day of vengeance of our God. You see, God is a God of justice. And so, after this year of favor that is mentioned that I believe we are currently in that began on the cross there is a coming day of vengeance because we have broken his love laws we have hurt disrespected and dishonored his creation I have hurt and devalued 
other people that God wants sitting at that table with us. And so this has made him sad and him hurt and him angry about that. And so justice must be served. But just because justice must be served, it is a dish that he must serve, it doesn't mean that it is a dish that he likes. And he knows that we are not going to like it too. That he knows for all of us who have sinned, who fall short of the glory of God, which is all of us, justice is a bitter dish. And he thinks, well, what if God could find someone, someone else other than us, that is willing to eat, that is willing to consume that dish of bitter wrath. Someone that is willing to, to drink of that cup of his wrath that we don't have to. You see, this is why Jesus is proclaiming this year of the Lord's favor. He's inviting us down to the table because he's saying, this has been fulfilled in your presence because Jesus himself is the one that says, I, because I'm going to eat of that dish, I'm going to take the, the justice, I'm going to take the judgment, I'm going to take the wrath that was meant for you. And I'm going to consume it. And I'm going to consume it so completely that there is nothing left. that he is going to pay that bill, pay the price, that he didn't fall short when it came to being able to, to pay the bill on my wrath, on my justice. He didn't say, oh, I just, it's bitter and I just, can't finish it. No, he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. And so then on the cross, he was able to cry out, it is finished. There is nothing left on the plate. There is nothing left in the cup of God's wrath and judgment against us so that he could proclaim to us today, a year of the Lord's favor, where he can say, you don't have to consume that anymore. You can choose anywhere you want to go, anything 
on the menu. Favor and grace for you. If you're like me, <coughs> maybe you're tempted to think this whole idea of just grace, not getting what we deserved, but getting to choose something so much sweeter, so much greater, sounds too good to be true. That it sounds too sweet though, like that if grace and grace alone was a dish, that it would be fairy floss. You know, just full of sugar, full of color, but no real substance because it requires nothing of us. But have a listen to the outcome when we consume this favor and grace, when we meet God there, as we keep reading in Isaiah 61 from verse three, it says to give them a crown in place of ashes, oil of joy in place of mourning, a mantle of praise in place of discouragement. They will be called oaks of righteousness, planted by the Lord himself. They will rebuild ancient ruins. They will restore formerly deserted places. They will renew ruined cities. Now, oaks of righteousness is the opposite of what I would expect if we just dine on a diet of grace. And yet, this is the outcome that God says if we will sit down at the table with him, this will be the outcome. So maybe grace has more substance, leads to greater transformation, brings more overwhelming joy, produces better and more complete righteousness and strength like an oak within us and is more amazing than we ever thought possible. So this year, hopefully this will be revealed to us as we proclaim this year of the Lord's favor and grace over our community. But it also means if we're going to call in that favor and meet Jesus at that table of grace, that we need to be ready. We need to be looking for what grace does. It's not necessarily going to mean that we make a lot of money or gain a lot of fame because you see, Jesus is not into eating at a fancy restaurant just with holy people or just with one person once a year. No, he wants a, a full table. He wants to meet with us right now. And the people 
at his table, as it said in that key passage, is the blind, the oppressed, the captive, the poor. It's us and people just like us. And so our church programs, our messages, where our money goes, needs to be in line with Jesus' tastes. So this means that we will continue to run programs like Freedom in Christ and Prayer Healing free of charge and to set people free, to set the oppressed free in Jesus' name. It means that we will continue to open our individual doors to our homes as we celebrate life homes so people can find home in the presence of God at his table as we gather around tables together. It means that we will give away tens of thousands of dollars and sow our best leaders into new churches in places that we might never go to to see people saved that this side of eternity we might never meet. It means that we will continue to be the sole financial supporter to our school for street kids in Cambodia, providing education, vocational training, and spiritual nourishment to those who have been oppressed and most vulnerable in need in our world today. On top of that, because we feel that we do have the Lord's favor and favor changes our posture so much because God has made this offer, ask of anything, anywhere you want to go. And because I know that we have such a, a generous church, we're going to launch our biggest heart for the house campaign. We want to create a huge outdoor space for concerts, for meals, for gatherings, for connections, to make sure that there is always a spare seat at the table. So we want to build a, a canopy, kind of enclosing from the kids shed right to the, to the main building where we can gather rain, hail, shine, wind, pandemic, restrictions, doesn't matter. We believe in following God's word to continue gathering together as the day approaches. And so we want to make sure that we can do that no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way. So we're going to be raising funds for that this year. And then even with our sermons, our, our messages, we want them to always be life applicable to make sure everybody feels welcome at the table. We're going to be studying the book of Galatians, but we're calling it breaking free because we want to see the oppressed break free, just as God told us in those scriptures. 
we've got another series called Forever 21. Where over three weeks we're looking at the 21 days that it takes to break our old bad habits and start new God-centered ones. And so many other series. But all that to say, every aspect of what we do in 2022 is going to be marked by favor and grace. Living under the expectation that we are marked by God's favor so that we get to bring his grace to where and when it is needed most. So my challenge to you church is knowing what God has granted you. He's granted you this favor. He has said, anywhere you wanna go, anything that is on the menu, knowing that he was willing to pay all. His, his pockets are a lot deeper than mine. He didn't fall short when it came to paying the debt that we owed, that we incurred. The, the debt of wrath and judgment has been paid. That dish has been consumed completely. So that now we can not taste that bitterness of wrath, but the sweetness of grace. So the question before us is, where are you going to meet with him? And what are you going to order? How are you going to live differently in the knowledge that to live in fear and anxiety about those against us, those who might take from us, has been removed because favor and grace has been given freely to us. But how are we going to use it? How are we going to use God's favor and grace this year to bring glory to him and his name? As we're not just consumed with the food that is presented, but we're more concerned about our time and our relationship with God himself in all that we do. I'm going to pray and hand back to Pastor Mark, who's going to close for us today. So Father, we just want to thank you for your overwhelming favor and grace. Father, we thank you that you have anointed us, that you've called us to restore sight to the blind and 
to set the captives free. That you have proclaimed this year of the Lord's special favour over us. That you want to meet with us this year. That you want to dine at the table with us. So Father, give us dreams and visions of what you can accomplish with us, through us, and for us. Father, we remember what it cost you upon the cross. We thank you that you have consumed the wrath, the judgment that was meant for us completely. Father, help us to walk differently in 2022, knowing that God's favour and grace is for us. Help us to ask boldly as we come boldly to your throne of grace. Not just once a year, based on our effort and our sacrifice, but based on what you have done for us. Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.